The following podcast contains explicit language. Welcome to Mom and Dad are Fighting, Slate's parenting podcast for Thursday, August 22nd, the favorite grandma edition. I'm Rebecca Lavoie, a journalist and host of the podcast Crime Writers On. I live in New Hampshire and my kids are Henry, who's 18, Teddy, who's 16, and my stepdaughter, Lily, who's 19. Hi, my name is Jamila Lemieux. I write the Wednesday edition of the Care and Feeding Parenting column. I am a communication strategist and mother to Naima, who is six. And uh, I'm Isaac Butler. I am a writer and uh, podcaster, and I am father to Iris, who is almost five. Today on the show, we've got a question from a parent wondering if she should address her kid's reluctance to go to one of their grandparents' houses, and a question about whether to give in to the lesser angels of a teenager. And on Slate Plus, one of us is moving her kid to college this week. I wonder who that could possibly be. If you want to hear that conversation, join us on Slate Plus at slate.com slash momanddadplus. To kick off the show today, as always, we've got triumphs and fails. Jamila, what have you got for us this week, a triumph or a fail? Well, I have a triumph. Um, I am, I guess, the resident co-parenting mom of the crew. And for the first time in, in as long as I can remember, my little one's dad and I had to have a kind of I don't want to say difficult conversation, but we um we had uh, differing opinions about what school our little one would be going to uh, this year. She's starting first grade in Los Angeles. Um, we're in, well, they're settled, um, and I'm in the process of relocating there in the next few weeks. And so, you know, I was very convinced that one school was the right way to go, and he was convinced that another school was the way to go. Um, and we also had to talk through some changes around division of time and money, and it went really well. So I, I was nervous. Um, you know, he outlined his thoughts in an email. Uh, he's very organized and thoughtful in that way, and I, I'm a little bit less so. <laughs> um, but <laughs> I, I, I took some time and sat with what he presented. And, you know, in certain places, I was able to make a compromise. And in others, I said, look, this is why I feel so passionately about the choice of school. Um, and I won. <laughs> but I think we both won um, because we, you know, we heard each other out and came to a, an agreement that, ultimately, you know, I, I think will be in the best interest of our little one. That's awesome. You know, my, okay. my ex-husband and my kid's dad is also very, very organized and always completely on top of everything. And in the earlier part of our being divorced and co-parenting, that actually, that difference in personality was the cause of some conflict because mm. we both saw the other's organization or lack thereof as, um, you know, a reflection of like how good of a person you are. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It became more. But like over time, we've both really learned to like lean in and take advantage of the other's personality type that way. Like I get an email from a school thing and it requires a bunch of paperwork and I forward it to him and I'm like, this looks like it's got your name written all <laughs> over it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he'll do the same when it comes to like, you know, what do you think about the you know, what, what, what does your gut tell you about this? And we sort of do that. So it sounds like you're kind of all there already and it hasn't even been 
10 years like, like it's been for me. <laughs> We're pretty lucky. We're pretty lucky. I, I guess also that this is how we've operated since Naima was born because we broke mm. up before, right before we found out I was pregnant. So, you know, um, there wasn't a lot of room or time to, to hate each other and be mad or, you know, struggle with <laughs> communication styles. It was kind of like, okay, we got to, we got to jump in there. The patient is here. <laughs> she's on the, she's on the operating table. And we can either completely ruin her, you know, from the moment uh, that she draws breath or we can uh, learn and get along with each other. It must be wild to have to try to figure out all that stuff while you are relocating across the country. Yes, it's been a theme in the podcast this summer. The podcast that I also started doing this summer, along with the column that I started doing this summer, in the middle of trying to find an apartment and, <laughs> and, and making a career change and, you know, being separated from a little one and, and seeing her short periods of time over the past two months. But, um, you know, somehow I, I got to be out of here by the 30th of September, no matter what my apartment will will not be my apartment anymore and I'll just be a person who doesn't have an apartment in either coast. <laughs> right. If I don't find something so. Isaac, do you have a triumph or a fail for us this week? I have a triumph, but I have to say next to that incredible triumph. This is like a tiny 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 triumph, but it was still a triumph. <laughs> so we were um uh Iris can get uh, wigged out by trying new things as many little kids can. And she's not necessarily, I would say, like, she's not always, like, the bravest, like, I'm just going to do this, you know, um, uh, you know, adventuresome kid in that way. And so I realized we were at the beach with my extended family for many days over this past week. And, you know, I realized I kind of, like, internalized that to such an extent that that I was expecting it or in, in some ways preparing her to behave that way. And so... Uh, this is my mini triumph of getting over that is that we were in the pool and she's just learning to swim. She's still got floaties, right? She's not like uh, swimming without them yet. And um, her cousin, who she admires very much, who's like seven, uh, you know, we're like dunking and throwing. He's jumping off my shoulders and all that sort of stuff. And she said, um, uh, Dada, will you throw me? And I immediately was like, this is going to be a GD disaster. I am going to throw her. It's going to freak her out. She's going to be crying. It's going to scar her for life. She's never going to learn to swim. You know, I was just, every fatalist sort of path I could go down was going down. And then I was like, and so then I, so I threw her, but I like gently tossed her. You know, she didn't even, her head didn't even go under the water when she hit the water. And she's like, no, uh, throw me higher. And then I had this moment where I was like, what am I doing? Like, what is the worst thing that happens? It is not going to scar her for life. She's not going to drown. She has floaties on. There's 12 adults here. Like, who cares if she's upset for five minutes about it? And so, uh, you know, like I- Me, I care. So I want to, I'm, I'm, now I'm deeply invested <laughs> in how this story Yeah, goes. exactly. And so I, so, so I threw her, uh, uh, you know, pretty high in the air and she went under and she popped right back up and she was like, amazing again. Wow. And she's laughing. We're having a great time. And so I, you know, for the rest of the week or since then, I've I've really like had this moment, you know, once every couple of days where I'm like checking myself because my natural impulse is just to like guide her away from the thing that I think is going to give her tsuris, you know, like, um, but now I'm like, Hey, why don't you try this food that you mm -hmm. said you didn't want to try? Or like, let's do this thing. And sometimes she likes them and sometimes she doesn't. And it's like really not a big deal, but it's like so funny how much you can like internalize your child's own neuroses to try to protect them. And then it just ends up aggravating them. So my triumph was not doing that. And uh, Iris has learned she likes peanuts and she likes being thrown in the air really high and falling into a swimming pool. That's that awesome. Amazing. And you said she's almost five? Almost five, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, so that was a fun thing. <laughs> 
Uh, I also have a triumph, is that, which is that my son, uh, Henry, returned home from a week-long trip that he took with his girlfriend, a road trip up to Maine, that they planned and executed all on their own, and they both came back alive. And that was very exciting because, Whoa. <laughs> um, yeah, they planned the whole thing. They did all the they – they camped. Uh, which I cannot relate to in any way. Uh, they stayed at a hostel for a couple nights, which I can also not relate to in any way. Uh, they stayed at a super sketchy motel for a couple nights. Again, kind of outside my wheelhouse. They planned the whole thing. They executed it. There were even like issues along the way, I guess, with like maybe not having brought enough food for their camping part or whatever. And they worked it out. All is good. They're both alive. And I think mostly the triumph thing is that I'm kind of like psyched that um, I mean, I don't know how I it didn't really occur to me to have feelings about this fact that they'd been planning this trip. It just sort of sounded like something they were kind of talking about in the abstract for so long. And the next thing Henry was like, yeah, I know I'm leaving on Thursday for that trip I've been talking about for a year. Right. Yeah, I was like, oh, um, can you tell me your itinerary just so like if there's some horrible news event, like I know you're not where the horrible news event is taking place, please. Um, and so I really didn't know anything about it other than when he sent me his little like six line text itinerary. But they went, they survived, they thrived, they took good pictures, they came back. And I am like super proud of him and of them for like doing something that a lot of adults, myself included, struggle with. Which is, like, How far away planning. did they go? They went all the way up to Acadia, which is oh. far from where yeah. we are. It's like five hours or something like that. Um, and then they, you know, they did a couple, four nights in Acadia. Then they went down. They stayed in a couple little towns on the way down. And then they had spent the last night or two in Portland, which is only about two hours from where we are. So, yeah, they, they mained it up. They wow. went on whale watches. They went thrift shopping. They did, like, big hikes. They did all sorts of stuff that um, I did not know they were going to do because I did not see the full itinerary. <laughs> Did dad um, see it? Was it like hidden between uh, a long no. email? <laughs> like no, there's too no, many pages I, on the itinerary. Mom's not going to read all of that. <laughs> no, no, no. It was, we it was know honestly... she doesn't do organization. <laughs> right, so we'll exactly. send the email. That's exactly how I would get away with things. Right. Like I would yeah. hide it in long emails. Like, and also I'm getting a tattoo <laughs> on my face. <laughs> the end. No, he uh, he didn't ha- even have the six line text. He was like, he was like, oh, you asked for an itinerary and you got one. And I was like, yeah. So I shared it with him. Yeah. Henry is just super independent and he's very um, like he's very old. <laughs> so <laughs> we uh, we're kind of at the point where we realize that, like, I'll talk about this in the plus part of the show. But um I because he's just so has so much agency and so much independence and he you know does everything really well for the most part that when we actually need him to do something that we want like that you know he might grumble about I'm always like just a reminder like I never even asked you for a minute about where your trip to Maine was or where you were going so can you please just do this one thing for me and he's always like oh yeah that's a good point okay <laughs> so I just use it as leverage right <laughs> is she is his girlfriend also going off to school in the fall she is. They're both leaving this week, and they are planning to stay together and seeing how it goes instead of doing that thing that I see a lot of kids doing, which is just like uh, prophylactically breaking up, which <laughs> is an interesting. Um, I mean, I, I think did that. I did that at the end of high school. I prophylactically broke up. I mean, did we it work? broke up. <laughs> did you get back together during Thanksgiving break? No, no. Very shortly after that, we were no longer on speaking terms. Oh. oh. Yeah. <laughs> it worked. So yeah. I guess it worked. I don't know. I mean, it really I'm worked. happily in a long-term relationship and have a child now, so I guess it worked out. <laughs> 
You're not like, uh, you know, I ran into somebody who I dated briefly when I first moved to New Hampshire who totally like I was super into him, but then he completely ghosted me. And I ran into him on social media about a year ago. And, you know, he like reached out and said hi and not in a weird way, like weird, creepy way, just like genuinely like we haven't seen in a long time, each other in a long time. Hi or whatever. And he made some sort of joke about our breakup. And I was like, just so you know, like we never actually broke up. We're still together because you just ghosted me. Like, as far as I'm concerned, we've been together this whole time. <laughs> it was like two minutes of silence before he tweeted back like, ha ha. <laughs> All right, let's do some business. Slate's Parenting Newsletter is the best place to be notified about all of our parenting content, including mom and dad are fighting, care and feeding, which Jamila writes, ask a teacher, and much more. Sign up at slate.com slash parenting email. As always, if you have a question you want us to answer on the podcast, leave us a message at 424-255-7833. Or you can email us at momanddad at slate.com, and your question might get read by the amazing Shasha Leonard. Also, check out our Facebook group. Just search for Slate Parenting on Facebook. It's a fun community, and it's moderated, so it doesn't get out of control. In Slate Plus today, we're talking about a big move to college, all the stuff that goes along with that, the logistics, the co-parent, the kid who had to be forced to pack. Here's a clip of that conversation. I remember that we went to, when we went to college, we, like, dropped off the things in the dorm room, and then we immediately went to Kmart. To hear segments like that and to get ad-free podcasts, sign up for our membership program, Slate Plus. It's an awesome way to support the show. For just $35 for your first year, you can help cover the cost of producing Mom and Dad are Fighting and all of your other favorite Slate shows. And in return, you'll get extended ad-free versions of this show and other Slate shows and a ton of other awesome benefits. So if you want to support Mom and Dad are Fighting, go to slate.com slash momanddadplus and join Slate Plus today. Okay, back to the show. Nickelodeon's got your preschoolers covered from sunrise to bedtime with four brand new podcasts. Grab their backpack and go on a culinary quest with Dora's Recipe for Adventure. Make game time great time with Let's Guess Who with Josh and Blue. And tuck in for adventure with Nickelodeon's Goodnight Bedtime Stories. Plus, we've got a brand new season of Storytime with Josh and Blue. Search Nickelodeon on your favorite podcast app to listen. Okay, it's time for our first listener question. This question was sent by email to momanddad at slate.com, and it's being read for us by Shasha Leonar. Dear Mom and Dad are fighting. Our kids are three and one. We are lucky to live in the same city as both sets of our kids' grandparents, each of whom we see at least weekly. In the year after my daughter was born, my in-laws and my parents stepped in to help with our toddler son taking him back to their respective houses once a week for gammy days with my mother-in-law and grandma days with my mother. While he has always happily leapt out of the door for grandma day, he has some reservations about leaving with gammy. Until recently, we have faced full-on meltdowns, possibly more akin to anxiety attacks than the usual toddler tantrum of kicking and screaming. Our son is verbally precocious, so he has expressed, sometimes out of the blue, that he does not want to have gammy days anymore. He says he doesn't like gammy and grandy, and he doesn't want to see them ever again. My mother is a natural with young kids. She gives strong boundaries, involves them in household tasks like gardening and making muffins, and does not get ruffled by toddler behavior. My in-laws, however, are not kid people. 
but they are retired and would love to be involved very regularly, like multiple times a week. So herein lies my question. Even though my husband and I regularly communicate our observations, and he is a supportive listener to my deepening concerns about our son's feelings, I feel awkward about our ability to figure out what's going on and move forward with a plan because the subject is painful for him. How do I communicate with my husband that I'm getting a bit worried about what might be going on? Is it time to have a conversation with my in-laws? Is this my husband's responsibility? Any thoughts on whether the toddler's feelings might just be a phase and therefore should be validated but sort of ignored or not given too much weight? Or if we should take it more seriously? What's that look like? Thanks for listening. Confused mama bear and daughter-in-law. All right, Isaac, what do you think? There's like a whole nest of different things going on here. And I want to try to like, uh, um, uh, I'm going to change metaphors. I'm going to untangle this. Let's untangle this knot or these, you know, these knotted cords. So first of all, there's the thing with like, how do you talk to your partner or or husband or ex, you know, whoever it is about their parents who Mm -hmm. are involved with your kids. And like, uh, I have just found that the more you can, you know, that, that partnership can be a place where the two of you can be honest about each other's parents, the healthier everything is going to be. So even though the subject is painful, which means obviously you should do it considerately and sensitively, you know, you you have to still tell the truth about how you feel about what's going on with your partner's parents, regardless of what the issue is. You know, Um, I just think that's like, uh, it, it just makes parenting if, the parents, you know, if you're, if uh, grandparents are involved, it just makes parenting much, much easier if there's just open communication between the two of you, which might result in some fights and conflict and stuff. But that's like part of what being in a relationship is. Um, in terms of the specific issue with the toddler, am I, cur- I, I don't know how you all feel about this, but like, I'm unclear as to whether they've even just kind of like talked to the kid about what the issue is, if he's verbally precocious. It seems like there's mm. a giant mystery. Like the, the <laughs> Gammy's house is a, is a mystery box. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, and so like that, that makes it a little more confusing about, about how to proceed. The only practical thing I would say is that like, maybe at least for a little bit to try to bridge that thing, like hanging out the parents and the grandparents and the kid together is, you know, like one step towards like building trust or whatever. Um, I don't know. What do y'all think? That's exactly what I was thinking. You know, one, I am curious, you know, if this is a three-year-old and, and you know, one that's well-spoken and typically pretty um, expressive about their feelings that, you know, what exactly is it about this household? Is it the lack of the muffins and the smiles and the cuddles? Is it that this person, you know, is it, are they bored? Um, are they being sat in front of a television or, you know, told that they can't touch this, you can't play with that? Um, you know, Yes, I think ultimately the solution or, you know, the, the next step after asking the little person to, you know, as best as they can explain what's what's up at Gammy's house and why don't you like being there um, to try, you know, that the next visit should be both parents or one of the parents, ideally the mother, because I think, you know, that this is the person who's struggling um, with, with her child's response and. You know, the the father may have a more biased take on it because, again, these are his parents um, and, and just kind of see what happens there and, and what are the things that are not working for your little person. I, I'm thinking it, it very my, my guess would be boredom, you know, or, or again, just like a lack of child friendly activities. And, and she says that her mother's naturally, you know, light on her feet as it relates to kids. And she's a nurturer, you know, a natural nurturer. And, and you know, that's not exactly the case for her in-laws. Um, you know, I, I 
I think of my two grandmothers um, when I went to my mother's, my maternal grandparents' house. My mother's parents were older. Um, there were a lot of kids around because my mom had a lot of siblings. So there were other kids to play with. There was things going on. Wasn't the most exciting place in the world, but there was, you know, a, a little bit more of a kind of child-friendly environment. Whereas my paternal grandmother, you know, had a very elegant apartment and it was quiet and she didn't really cook. She was perpetually on Weight Watchers, so there weren't any good snacks in the house. <laughs> she, you know, she made pancakes. That was her thing. She, she'd make Aunt Jemima pancakes. Um, but for the most part, she was always watching her weight and, you know, and she had a cat and, and cat fancy magazines and stuff. But she was, you know, Blanche Devereaux. You know, and, and Blanche is, is a cool lady, but but wasn't necessarily cuddly and, and you know, grandma-grandma. And it could just be that Gammy's not a grandma-grandma, you know, and, and that grandpa's not, um, you know, he, he may be like Miss, more like Mr. Wilson from Dennis the Menace than, you know, somebody sweet and cuddly. Um, but ultimately, these are their grandparents. And so I think that if this is a situation where the kids are not being mistreated, um, you know, or or subject to something that you would not want them to endure, that ultimately, you know, one, it sounds like this is a child care, um, a form of assistance to you all in some regard, you know, that this is helpful that they're able to have this time with their grandparents. And two, you know, even if they're younger grandparents, grandparents typically do not live, you know, as long, hopefully they do not live as long as your children will, you know, or as their parent, as your, as their, as your children's parents will. So you don't have them forever. And it, it's, unfortunate that they're not having the time of their lives now, but as they age and, and, you know, become more verbal and maybe, you know, no, I'm not really the one who wants to do Play-Doh and finger painting with you, but we can have meaningful conversations and tell jokes and, you know, find love and, and community with one another in some other way um, that these memories are, or just being able to ask questions about the family. Where did you grow up? You know, mm -hmm. what were your parents' names? What There's just things that die with grandparents, you know, and I say this with, as someone who, you know, my daughter's lucky as I was too. She has three living grandparents at six. I had three living grandparents until I was um, 10 and, and lost my uh, last grandmother at, at 22 you're, there are so many questions, so many things that I, I, I wish I could go back and, and have time with them again. And so, you know, I, it, you just, it just might be the boring grandparents' house that you have to go to. Suck it up, Buttercup. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I have a couple things here. One is, uh, you know, I understand the, like, the sort of instinct just to make sure there's nothing, like, actually wrong happening at the house. But I'm going to um, just, you know, put that aside because I'm going to assume that that's not the case. You know, of course you should in some way. I think that, you know, going with your kids and kind of getting the vibe when you're there uh, is a good idea. If you if there's a fear vibe or any, anything weird, like you'll see that. But uh, let's just assume that's not the case because, you know, um, you know, statistics would say it's probably something more like these grandparents just aren't as cool or fun or whatever. Um, so th the one thing that I want to go back to that Isaac said is this has some peril uh, written in it. Like this could become a relationship issue pretty easily, especially if you're um, deciding that like this is about my parents versus my husband's parents. And then it, it kind of gets between the two of you. They're so I in do think lies. having a hundred percent. And also like the other peril here is also like the two grandmas comparing uh, themselves to each other. So if you, you know, if, if you do reach some resolution where let's say you're, your toddler ends up spending more time with your mom and less time with your dad's mom for god's sake 
mistakes. Like, don't tell your dad's mom that right. your kid is like spending four times as much time with one than the other. There's no reason to do that. Like, that's just not cool. Um, and I, I think what you should try to focus on is improving, you know, maybe lessening to make it easier for everybody, but improving the time that your kid is spending at the grandparents. And that could be a really positive thing. Like, you could work with them. Like, you could take your mother-in-law to lunch and say, hey, you know, I want to talk to you about something and you know, this this is the kind of thing that could very easily get weird. So I just want to throw it out there. Like, my kid is just sort of being like a jerk about wanting to go to your house. So I'm guessing it's like not super fun for you either to have him there. Like, what can I do to help? Like, you know, are there, is there, you know, do you feel like he doesn't have enough to do? Can I, you know, maybe bring some toys over? Um, can we like talk this through? Maybe we should just like do a little bit of texting or whatever, take some photos. You know, you can like, we can be in communication that, you know, next time he's over and we can kind of troubleshoot some stuff. Like this can become a way to improve the relationship you have with your in-laws, you know, of course, assuming that none of that bad stuff is happening, which I already said, but like that it would also kind of help not make the left turn into the very, very uh, <laughs> like clearly signposted areas of danger that are in that direction, the marital stuff, the sort of resentment stuff that can so easily build up when you have grandparents and kids and boundaries and feelings. Um, but even in your note to us, you did do some comparison shopping between the two grandmas. Like you made a point of like mm-hmm. talking about the wonderfulness of your mom versus the whatever of the other mom uh, without taking into consideration that this is just a bridge that needs to be crossed for your son if he's going to continue to spend time at uh, Gammy's house. Like, this is something that that can be worked out. It's not about necessarily that one of them is awesome and one of them is terrible. So I think that if your kid is maybe picking up on the signals that you're sending that you clearly sent to us that you think one is awesome and one is not awesome, then that might be something that he's kind of reflecting back on you. So I would uh, do everything you can to just be very direct about this communicative and kind of understand where your mother-in-law is coming from. You say she's not a kid person, yet she desires to see your kid several times a week. Guess what? She's a kid person. She just doesn't look like the kind of kid person that you have in your mind as the ideal kid person. And maybe just sit down with her and, and try to find out where you can find some common ground there. Yeah, you know, because the, I will say, the relationship with the in-laws seems to be pretty good, the relationship with the husband, the relationship with the kid. You know, just to, just to yes and that, Rebecca, I think that what this situation presents is like um, essentially three opportunities for the letter writer to grow closer to the people in her life, you know, to grow closer to the kid by asking the kid what's going on and taking it seriously. Not determinatively of how you're going to behave, but just taking it seriously, right? Talking to the husband about like, hey, how are we talking about our parents within this relationship, which Mm -hmm. is sort of the larger, you know, one larger issue. And how are we going to handle this and what should we do? It's an opportunity to grow closer there. It's actually an opportunity to grow closer to your mother-in-law to just be like, um, you know, how are these visits? I mean, you could even start with how are these visits going before you get, you know, just like how he seems like weirdly upset sometimes about this. Does he act like that with you? What's going on? You know, there's just a lot of opportunity to make this a a, a tighter knit group, particularly if you are going to be seeing your mother-in-law multiple times a week, which is, you know, a lot. Absolutely. All right, moving on. We've got another question to tackle. This one came from our Parenting Facebook group. Just search for Parenting and Slate on Facebook. You will find the group. Ask a couple questions. You can get into the group. It's awesome. This question came from that group, and it's being read for us by Shasha Leonar. Dear Mom and Dad, 
It's been a tough year with my 16-year-old daughter. She's a very good student, fiercely independent, and highly social. I have been a somewhat lenient parent, but we have struggled with boundaries and communication. There's also been a couple of unpleasant interactions with local law enforcement. She's no angel. Her 17th birthday is coming up. In our family, we have birthday dinners out at a nice restaurant that the celebrant chooses. They can invite their siblings, or it can just be with me. My daughter has requested that I just give her the money that I would have spent on her dinner. She wants to take a friend out instead, and not be with her family. I don't like this idea, but I also don't like the idea of trying to celebrate with someone that doesn't want to have dinner with me. What would you do? (laughs) Rebecca? <laughs> well, what about you? Like, do you want to have dinner with somebody that like doesn't want to like like be with you? I mean, this is the thing with teenagers, and um, one of the reasons why I love this question so much is that it's got like it's a, a relatively quick and efficient question, but it's got so many layers. Uh, but to answer the practical side of your question first, if you know all the money you're going to spend on your daughter's birthday is for this dinner, and she would rather just go out with her friends and that would be a more fun celebration for her. Uh, if you love her, if she's not being a super monster and ruining your life in some way, you're not trying to hold some consequence over her head for whatever occurred earlier this year, I would say absolutely let her go to dinner with her friends instead and then ask her for something in return. Say, you know, hey, listen, I really want to do this for you. I want you to have dinner with your friends instead. Uh, if if we do that instead, will you just like go to ice cream with me later this week? Because I would just love to spend an hour with you and just talk about the year and what's coming up and, you know, just see your face. Is that cool? I guarantee you she'll be so thrilled that you're like letting her do this dinner with her friends that uh, she'll say yes to that. Um, And maybe you could even like make it fun and like facilitate the dinner in some way. Maybe you could, uh, you know, get, uh, you know, kind of arrange the dinner, maybe make it so that like they can go somewhere cool, ask her where she wants to go, make arrangements to get her there, like, you know, call the restaurant ahead, give them your credit card number and like, you know, tell them that you want to leave like a certain number tip or whatever and just like really do it up for her so that she can just go out with her friends and enjoy it like there are ways to sort of quasi be in control but still giving her what she wants but I'd say yeah if she's telling you she doesn't want to do this and she wants to go with her friends instead I think that's age appropriate and uh, fine and there is no harm in asking for something in return if the goal here is to actually spend time with her and, you know, look her in the face and say, I love you. Happy birthday. There are other ways you can do that. She'll probably compromise and give you one of those ways. Um, the other things that you sort of talked about are kind of where the onion part of this question comes in. And I would love to toss this to my co-panelists <laughs> <laughs> to get both your both your practical and your onion layer take on this email. Jamila, what do you think? Yes. I have lots of feelings. So um, I'm going to say no on giving her the money for the dinner. Um, I think that, you know, this is a ritual that you have in your family um, where you do birthdays at nice restaurants and the birthday boy or girl can pick where you're going. And this is, you know, I'm assuming something you've done for quite some time. She's turning 17. So even if we didn't have those kind of complicated layers of the onion um, to deal with, which we certainly will, you know, she'll be 18 next year. Um, She'll be a legal adult and ostensibly on her way to 
college or the military or vocational, you know, uh, training, but but doing something different and, and maybe not or living adult in adult court. Or adult courts. <laughs> Again, we're going to get to that. We're going to get to that. Um, but, but the next year will be different. So I think that there's something to be said for continuing to, you know, to for at the very least. You know, I would hope that this is something that you'd want to do with your family, you know, so long as you're able to get your family together. And I know that, it, you know, it, as a teenager, you're thinking, well, you know, if there's 10 people coming, I could take my homegirl and we can go to the Cheesecake Factory and buy sneakers and do all this other stuff. And that'd be so much more fun than having to sit with you losers. But, you know, one day you will wish that you could sit and have dinner with your horrible family. And so I would make her suck it up um, at, at, at the very least for one more year. Um, with that, because and and again, I can also see me at 17 or 16 making that same request. Like, why can't I just have the money? That was my question for a lot of things. Just give me the money. Don't buy me this present that I'm going to hate. Just give me the money. Um, but I, I think that considering that your young lady has had some issues with local law enforcement, um, despite her being a good student and, you you know, describe her as independent um, and, and uh, social which are not all, you know, which, which can work in either direction, uh, particularly when you're having issues with local law enforcement, uh, that it does not sound that, that, you know, unless something has changed and you say this has been, you know, it's been a complicated year. And, and if the last six months have been really good, then maybe I could make, you know, understand the argument for this dinner, you know, being bypassed and her getting the birthday of her dreams. But right now it sounds like you're in the thick of some challenges. So I would not reward um, bad behavior by taking away a family ritual that's not just meaningful for the birthday girl, but for other people. And if she, you know, if you wanted to say, hey, so instead of going to, you know, the the white tablecloth restaurant that perhaps we would typically go to if, you know, one of the older kids is celebrating a birthday, maybe you pare it down a little bit and, and go to Fuddruckers or something and spend a little bit less money. You know, and if you're willing to fund a one-on-one birthday dinner with her and one of her friends and you think that she, with, with her behavior as of recently, you know, can justify that, I think that would make more sense than saying like, okay, well, you know, will, will you go to ice cream with mommy? You know, if you do that, then you and your friends can take, you know, 500 bucks or 300, however much, you know, I don't know the size of your family, but whatever you would be spending on this dinner um, and, and having big fun. What I think is more important, however, is the fact that your child is having issues with law enforcement um, on the cusp of becoming too old to enjoy the protection of childhood because depending on where you live and what sort of issues they may be and and if these are documented you know it could be a small town or somewhere where the cop is just going to drop you off at home and tell your mom you know she was out tipping cows and you know stop doing this or or if this is something that has led to you know there being an appearance in court or or something more uh, devastating that to me is also the sort of thing that could get a birthday celebration canceled altogether, you know, which is <laughs> which is a thing that a lot of parents do. And so, I, I of course, I'm going to defer to you. And it seems that you're not so freaked out by what's going on that you feel like, OK, full stop, no party, no celebration, no anything, which is what I think would have probably went down in my household if there had been a local law enforcement thing going on around my birthday. Um 
but I but I, I, I think also that maybe sitting down with her family, which may, in, you know, involve some younger siblings or annoying cousins or, you know, something that's going to make her feel younger than she would want to feel on the cusp of womanhood might be the appropriate thing for her right now. Because it sounds like she's getting a little bit too big for her britches <laughs> that she's out running the streets with her hooligan friends <laughs> and clashing with the cops. And I also would like for next time, you got to give us a little bit more info than that girl. Like, what <laughs> we what kind dirt. of issues do you have with local <laughs> law enforcement? Because there are so many that you could have. And I, I'm going to hope that these are perhaps just mere curfew violations. But, you know, again, that's bound that oftentimes is boundary testing, which is what we do at 16, 17, almost 18. And so you need to humble her and bring her back to where she is <laughs> and make her sit down and have them sing happy birthday and put the little crown on her. Yeah. And then mm. upload the pictures to Facebook and tag her so all her little friends can see it. And if anybody thought that maybe the girl in the tube top and the lipstick was 18 or 19, they can be real clear that this picture dated September 1st, uh, you know, uh, of 2019 at the Olive Garden shows a 17-year-old, not a grown woman. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. All right. Isaac, what about you? What you I think? think that this is one of those examples where there's like a question behind the question mm -hmm. of the letter. And the question behind the question, it has to do with whether or not um, the parent feels comfortable trusting the child to just give them a lump of cash when they say, I'm going to go out to dinner with my friends yeah. to actually spend that on dinner with their friends. I think there's this, that there. So I, I think those are the, there's kind of two different questions going on. One has to do with, should I insist my kid undergo this family ritual? Right. And the other is, can I trust them if I just hand over? I mean, I have no idea. Maybe you're going to per se and it's $2,000, <laughs> you know, to, uh, to go do whatever they, they want with their friends and trust them. They are going to do it. My guess is from the first half of that email that the answer to that question is actually no. Mm -hmm. And if you do not trust the kid to give them the money and do whatever they want, then clearly no, you shouldn't, you shouldn't right. just give them the money. Um, again, I, you know, we don't know what, uh, the clash with local law enforcement is. Perhaps she was like part of a elite safe cracking team and they got caught breaking into a bank. Perhaps it, it was, wasn't you know, that. Yeah, <laughs> maybe she was at a party uh, that got busted and she was drinking underage, which is a adolescent rite of passage. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I'm not exactly sure, but I think this is mainly about like how comfortable you feel trusting your child. Uh, I would personally feel like it, regardless of the trust issues, actually like kind of insisting that she do this family thing on her birthday for the last time or maybe second to last time you are mm. ever going to do it. Um, I feel like that's completely within your rights. It's also, you know, um, if you want to soften that blow, maybe she could invite a friend. I mean, there's ways, mm -hmm. there's ways to do it that it's not going to be just like pure torture for her, uh, in the midst of this complicated year. But, um, the trick is, you know, figuring out how to do that in a way that <laughs> makes her relationship with her better and closer and not worse and more contentious yeah. in the midst of this complicated time. And I, I'm not sure I 100% know how to do that. But I do think that the subtext of this, e of this, uh, I guess it was originally a Facebook comment, is a lack, is a breakdown in trust. And if the trust is breaking down, like, I, I don't know that that just um, sidestepping that and giving her the money to go do what she wants is, is necessarily the way to go about it. Wow, mom and dad are really fighting on this episode. Yeah. Because I completely disagree <laughs> with both of you on this. I have, <laughs> I have a kid uh, who shall go unnamed for the purposes of this conversation who has had a rough year. Uh, it may have been this year or a different year. I'm not going to specify. And it was very 
And there were even like things, a couple of things happened that definitely could have colored like the way the rest of the year went, like big things, right? I found myself at a point where I was like, what I don't want to have happen is for this bad thing that happened to define uh, my kids' entire like rest of the year teenage experience, our relationship. Mm-hmm. Because what I really like figured out was that my kid was deeply like at the same time as being like rebellious, having impulse issues, whatever, was also like really ashamed and embarrassed at having like had a situation happen where like, he got into trouble, right? Mm-hmm. So. I made the conscious decision uh, along with his dad to be like, here's the deal. We need to like get through this part. This part sucks. You're going to have the consequences of this part. And they're in like a relatively short period of time uh, that so that you can connect them directly to the thing that happened. And we're going to like make it really bad for you for like a month so that you'll like have a memorable month of awfulness, <laughs> you know, like no computer, no phone, no whatever, like uh, and having to do all the things you have to do to fix this problem. But it doesn't mean that, like, it's going to define our relationship with you or the rest of your life or even the rest of the year or even the month after this bad month. Like, we love you. uh, You fucked up. And, you know, we want to rebuild that trust. And the way to rebuild that trust is to test that trust. And, you know, what I found in my situation was that my kid, like, really responded to that and had so much gratitude for the things that he was able to do after this, like, awful month of consequences. And it was also a way to sort of continue the conversation, like, you know, in the in the sort of, like, loving, more communicative moments, kind of, like, talking about the thing and saying, you know, I still have some concerns. You know, uh, I see you doing some of the things that maybe got you on the path to trouble last time. Can we just like try to nip that in the bud? And like we really talked about it because our life didn't become about being punitive. It became about direct consequences for that direct action, very concentrated, and then moving on with like love and positivity. So Mm. that's kind of where I'm coming from with saying like, your daughter's 17, like that's kind of, that's big. Like it's, a, it's too big, I think, to force someone to get in the car to do something they don't want to do. Um, but like this could be an opportunity to open that door and say it's been a really rough year. Uh, I would like you to have something you want. I know we're trying to rebuild something here. Can you give me something in return if I let you do this? Like this, for me, it was reminiscent of some of the situations I've found myself in uh, after like some of kids have gotten into trouble and we've had to repair. So that's where I'm coming from. I'm not saying you guys are wrong. I think these are just like personal choices <laughs> that we make. But I do agree with Isaac also that there's a, a, a the second layer questioning here is like it's not about like the dinner or the birthday. It's about the how long should the leash be at this point right, right? yeah so that's yeah, where i'm I mean, coming th- from with it there's a separate thing where you know i'm really upset rebecca that your point is so reasonable because i was hoping to just <laughs> easily well. dismiss it you know just god <laughs> damn it but um uh it's not supposed to be mom and dad are mostly getting along uh but you know mom and yeah, dad are compromising mom is, yeah exactly but 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 i mean there are compromised positions here right if the issue is the trust thing not the ritual thing then you could always book the reservation and give the restaurant your credit card number or whatever for it to cover whatever they get you know mm-hmm. i mean like there are ways around i mean there's ways of doing that if you don't want to give over the money yeah if the issue is the time together and not the trust thing then the trade that you're talking about rebecca makes total sense if the issue is both i think yeah then you're in like a really complicated spot hmm. i agree yeah 
All right. Well, if you have a conundrum you'd like us to tackle, send us an email at momanddad@slate.com, or maybe leave a question on our Slate Parenting group and indicate that you'd like us to answer it on the podcast. We certainly love getting your questions and we love answering them. All right. Now is the time of the show where we share something we like, something our kids like or something that someone we know likes. Yes, it is once again time for recommendations. Isaac, do you have a recommendation for us this week? I do have a recommendation. Um, I uh, have been talking to friends of mine about this who are parents of sort of middle school age kids. You know, one thing that has become much more present in, I think, a lot of people's parenting life is video games, whether they're on a tablet or a, a TV or a computer or whatever, and trying to find a good one that you and your kid might actually do together that's not going to make you want to run out of the room screaming or fall asleep or whatever it's very hard so i have a really good one one it's a puzzle game it's available for the switch or for your pc or mac or whatever and it's called baba is you uh, and it's a puzzle game where uh, the way the puzzle works is you're this cute little guy named Baba. Oh. And whatever each board has rules and the rules are written out as words like Baba is you is an example of one of them. And so it's like a subject verb object. And by moving physically, move, getting Baba around to move the words is how you have to solve every single puzzle. So sometimes Baba has to become not you. He has to become something else or like the flag has to move this or whatever it is. Uh, that sounds very simple. It is actually quite hard mm. and it's really fun to do with another person and is all about logic. And I think that if you have like a middle school aged kid and you're looking for a video game to play with them, Baba is you is the way to go. It's very cute. It's wholesome, but it is actually also difficult and smart. Awesome. What about you, Jamila? Do you have a recommendation for us this week? Uh, as I am coming off of another seven days without my child, I well, actually, no, it hasn't been seven days. It's been um, almost a week since I've seen my little one. So I don't have anything specific to parenting as usual. Um, but I would like to recommend the brand new just released uh, Fenty Beauty Pro Filter Hydrating Longwear Foundation. It is fantastic. <laughs> what was that? The new Rihanna makeup. <laughs> the new Rihanna foundation. Um, I was told by Apple Care that I could recommend anything. Because at first I was like, I don't have a kid thing. I don't have my kid this summer. And Dan's like, it's fine. Just a thing that you like so yeah uh, i totally. think last week i recommended the dora movie which is still in theaters go see it if you haven't and this week i'm going to re- recommend uh rihanna's new foundation the first foundation that came out with fenty beauty was a matte finish and this one is um medium to full coverage lighter moisturizing um much easier on the skin uh i like it quite a bit Mom's got to be uh foundationed too guys yes she really yeah. do and some days um <laughs> exactly. Totally. I'm going to recommend uh, a rewatch that I am doing with one of my kids right now. Actually, both of my kids are into it, but one of them super into it. Um, I am rewatching the 2002 to 2005, 6-ish uh, Battlestar Galactica series that was on the Sci-Fi channel. So good. My teenage sons love it uh, as much as I loved it, if not more than I loved it when it was first on. This is one of my all-time favorite television shows, except for the final season, which is a fucking disaster. But the reason it's such a good show and it's so relevant, it has themes of politics and parenting and race and robots and faith and uh, Roman and Greek mythology and self-determination and exceptionalism. And it is just such 
an incredibly rich and dynamic show that is not just sci-fi. It goes a lot deeper, but it's got a lot of super cool-ass sci-fi stuff right now. And it's one of those shows that if you watch it with a teenager, like, you can then talk about it at dinner. Like, uh, right now, Henry and I are watching some episodes together, but, like, I don't need to rewatch all of them because I've seen it, like, four times before. So he will be like, oh, today I saw the one where this happened, and then that's, like, our dinner conversation is just, like, set. Like, we've got something to share and something to talk about. So if you have a kid who's into cool stuff, check out Battlestar Galactica. It's a little tricky. You first have to watch the two-part miniseries, uh, which is a little bit harder to find. I think we had to buy it on Apple or on demand on Comcast or something. And then the episodes are available like on Amazon Prime. It's like a two thing. First, the two-part miniseries, and then there's like four seasons of episodes. And I'm glad to hear I'm not the only one on the panel who, who loves it so much. Are you also doing Razor? We're going to do that after because okay. I actually think Razor was super good. <laughs> I love Razor. That's why I'm asking. Yeah. But not yeah, the totally. plan. The plan is skippable. No, totally skippable. Yeah. Completely agree. Who's with Henry's <laughs> favorite character? Uh, we're still, we just finished, he just finished season one yesterday. So his, he's still just getting over the boomer, uh, yeah. revelations and all the shit that went down in that final episode, which maybe has the most plot advancement of any single episode of TV that's ever been on television. So he's still wrapping his mind around that. He's not, he doesn't know if Ab- uh, Adama is going to uh, be alive yet. Not. So he's, he's like, he's sort of like, he's not quite there yet where he has a favorite character. So yeah, it. it's pretty great. It's pretty great. We love it. Thanks, guys, for the solidarity. Oh, actually, my kid lives in my house, and I see him all the time. So I have <laughs> kid stuff to recommend on the parenting podcast. Well, oh, sorry. some of us are having a hot girl summer. <laughs> should we should oh. we redo it and just do all non-kid-related endorsements? That's right. No, That's no, right. no. I'd like to recommend Mindhunter on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> Watch it with your five-year-old right. kids. <laughs> Next week, I'll have marijuana strain recommendations. <laughs> oh, right, because you're going to be in L.A. Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, sure, that's why. That's yeah. definitely why. Not that I would ever have them here. No, but I just meant there you could be like a specific brand. <laughs> you could kidding. be like, you know. Yeah. No, I actually, I think I will up the ante on that. And then by the time I get settled in LA, I'll be back with my kids. So I won't feel guilty about doing it anymore. And I'll need them even more. Right. So Perfect. All right. That's our show. If you have a question you want to ask us, leave us a message at 424-255-7833 or email us at slate.com And join us on Facebook. Just search for Slate Parenting or Parenting and Slate. Mom and Dad are Fighting is produced by Jess Jupiter. I'm Rebecca Lavoie for Jamila and Isaac. Thanks so much for listening this week. Hello, Slate Plus listeners. Thank you for supporting the show. And tell a- It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.